0: when the replay official did not stop I, the game. I'm not going
1: to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that.
2: We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun. It ought to be illegal.
3: Coach Carousel talk. Is that something you just ignore? Yeah. Yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired and the next week you're going to take another job. And I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And So, yes, to answer your question. Our purpose is to win, make no mistake about it. But it's to win the right way. And our goal, our stated goal, is going to be to win the Sunbelt, uh, sorry, to win the SEC East.
4: That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. we got to know and understand that it's got to be about competition. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies
3: at the tarmac when you got the the
0: Um a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> I didn't think of it. It was, like, it was like an anniversary or something like that. We're coming.
4: We're coming. And we ain't backing down.
5: It's time for Carolina football. Let's so get the fuck out of your seats. Spurs up. Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast presented by Bob Bucky. I'm your host, Mike Brenton. I go by SEC Michael on Twitter. And I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Volves on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee Homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Woo boy. Had an exciting weekend. Got to actually watch the games with my favorite cousin, cousin Shane, and cousin Joe.
6: That's right, man. Had the whole crew together there. It was fantastic watching a little foosball course we had a lull right there in the middle because they didn't flex that damn 330 game so we had the, i lost more money in that little spot because i'm gambling on teams i don't know and then uh finally we had some <laughs> sec action in the evening it was fantastic it's great hanging out uh with both of you and uh, drinking some cold beers watching football gambling i mean you just can't go wrong with
5: that mike yeah, and for, I do wanna I do wanna ask you one thing, Mike. Yes sir. You must
6: champ get fired
5: yet. <laughs> <laughs> as of recording, we kind of held off a little bit here. We were waiting for that news. Not official just yet, but that could be coming at any moment. So if it happens, mm. this may be a live reaction show as well. But um Hey, you know, you mentioned the gambling there. I wanted to hit on this real quick because for all our I know we've got a lot of Tennessee listeners cousin Shane deep on this stuff (laughs) and I didn't realize how bad it was until we're sitting here watching there was a Notre Dame game on I can't even remember who they were playing you know Boston College there you go Boston College I wasn't really even paying attention because I don't care about that league of football but cousin Shane's sitting here asking me you know what do you what do you think the odds would be if these teams are tied at half and I was like what kind of question is that he's like you think eight to one 6 to 1 <laughs> he's sitting here live betting all these games and as soon as someone scores he's cashing in he's taking other bets i mean uh he's That's he right. was having a, a heck of a time there just watching these games so it was a, it was a sight to behold
6: dude i'm telling you if you if you're caught uh in, in a moment and you're watching games you don't care for gamble on them because then all of a sudden you care about them uh i did not care I didn't give a shit about Boston college and Notre Dame. I, I, I mean, if I'm just walking in the room, those two are on, I'm, I'm, I'm on my phone, but you put a little money on it. Oh, he <laughs> cared <it> then. <laughs> pretty Interesting. Even the masters, man, I'm watching the masters this week Cause I got some money on some cats, but of course I'm losing. That's, that's the thing, but I'm due. I'm due, Mike. I am due. Everybody knows that. <laughs> well,
5: hey, the, re- uh, the reason everybody showed up here, we only got three games of action, Shane. You ready to, uh, to break these games down?
6: Yes,
5: sir. <laughs> All right, we'll start here with uh, the fireworks really got going in the evening. You know, we made this comment while we were watching these games. The SEC really screwed this one up. With that lull. And then here we got two games that were just incredibly exciting in the evening, but, and we had the multiple TVs and everything, but it was hard to keep up with each of them. Mm-hmm. So we'll start here with Florida beating Arkansas 63 to 35. And my goodness, Shane, uh, if you remember on our Friday show, I said Kyle Trask, Felipe Franks, who's going to be more motivated? <laughs> <laughs> I picked the wrong horse <laughs> on this one because Kyle Trask. Oh, my God. Like, we knew he was good, but I don't think even we thought he'd be this good. Did we, Shane? Yeah. I mean, he's dropping dimes. You put it best. I mean, I think you were kind of kidding, but not really. Tank for Trask. He's playing yeah. his, his way into, uh, you know, a top ten, top five, maybe even the top overall draft pick. Yeah, because it's it's
6: everything, man. It's It's the windows. I'm watching some of these passes, some of these receptions. And we're talking six, eight-inch windows. That's what's needed at the next level. And don't think that every NFL team franchise that has an opportunity to get this guy at quarterback ain't looking at it and just seeing, man, this—he has what it takes. He has the tangibles. He's—he's he's making great decisions. He's—he's he's moving well in the pocket and he's throwing fantastic passes. I think he's. I'm not going to say he locked up the Heisman, but he definitely became the front after Saturday's game
5: mm-hmm. so Florida had 13 drives in this one and you know that even includes the uh kneeling it out at the end of the game mm-hmm. nine touchdown drives in this game I mean they were just on fire and hell I didn't even think you know Arkansas didn't play their best game obviously but Felipe Franks he was solid yeah. he was he was hitting that deep ball Traylon Smith had the big 83 yard run mm-hmm. Mike Woods is playing the best football of his career Arkansas, you know, played a pretty good game. But, you know, similar to the Texas A&M game, it was just a case of, you know, an elite team playing at an elite level, and they were just unstoppable in this one. And without even Kyle Pitts in the lineup, Florida looked like, I know it's just one game, I don't want to read too much into it, but they certainly look like um, a a college football playoff, not only a contender, but a team that can win it all, once you insert a Kyle Pitts into the lineup, don't you think?
6: Absolutely, man. I, I And that's I, I'm glad you hit on that early. Arkansas didn't play bad. They really didn't. They just couldn't keep up. And you're playing the number one. I think, so, I mean, when these polls come out, I don't know if they've been out yet, but it wouldn't surprise me if you're talking a number two, number three team in the nation right now. They're just hitting on all cylinders. They don't even have their best player right now. Uh, the one thing I didn't like was – well don't get me wrong Felipe throwing that bomb right there after you know answering that seven making it seven seven that was awesome but I really mm-hmm. think a, a game like this should have been more about the ground and pound keep away type because you just can't go toe-to-toe with Florida Gators and and they showed you why
5: mm-hmm. well let's kick it over to Dan Mullen Shane, after this one he's pretty fired up they finally got over this um uh... You know, this game where Felipe Franks was such a huge storyline, and they got a lot of love for Felipe. So, you know, they didn't want to – You know I don't think they took a lot of joy in beating him, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And then on uh, Trayvon Grimes stepping up without uh, Pitts in the lineup. I mean, he had six catches, 109 yards, two touchdowns. We all know this guy's got incredible talent. But, uh, you know, this is what they this is what you need when one of your star players is out and then on Kyle Trask is he playing him? is he the front runner for the Heisman that was kind of the highlight of what Dan Mullen had to say after the game and then secondly real quick you said on ESPN today you hinted that Pitts may not be available next week did he have surgery on his nose yeah did he, he, he had, did he, he, break had
1: it? he had a nose surgery i don't i don't yeah it was it was something they had to have a surgery within his nose so uh, he'll be out again this week uh, you know and uh uh, we're hoping to have him back, uh, you know, the following week after that.
3: And Are, are you kind of glad this week's over, the whole Felipe Bowl
4: um, stuff?
1: Oh, you know, I mean, hey, you know what, I, I, if you look at these, I'm really proud of him, you know, to come in here in, in this type of environment. He's 15 of 19 for 250 and two touchdowns. Um, I thought Felipe played pretty well at times. You know, we got after him. Uh, Our guys, I think there are some guys that were excited to hit them, have been waiting for years to hit them, and they got to go hit them a little couple times. But uh, um, I I think this, I think, you know, that team came in here, you you watch them, they didn't give up, continued to battle, scored 35 points against us. Uh, You know, I know, but, and, uh, uh, you know, one of those, one of those at at the end right there, um, you know, the twos gave up. But, you know, it shows that that, what their program, they're going to continue to battle, continue to fight. We knew that coming in of, You know what, Sam was, I know he couldn't be here tonight, but I know Barry really well, and you you see the personality that team has. They're going to have toughness and mental toughness to go fight, and that doesn't surprise you when they have Felipe, a quarterback, you know, that that he's able to go in there. Uh, You know, I mean, you don't see a guy that really just shows up on campus as a grad transfer and becomes the team captain, and uh, that just shows the the, the type of character and the person he is and the success they're having, I think, has a lot to do with his leadership.
3: Coach, so can you talk about the, that moment? Like, was like
5: between you and Felipe at
1: the end of the game? Well, it was awesome. I'm so proud of, of what he's done. And I think he knows, you know, how much we love him. How much you know? He was a part of this program and helping us uh, build to where we are. You know, I mean, he's a Gator. He's a, he's a Gator. He played here. Uh, helped us win New Year's Six Bowl here. Uh, you know, helped us to a top ten finish. He's a Gator alum and a graduate. And so. Um, you know, it's great to see him and just I'm really proud of what he's doing and I'm really happy for him and the success he's having this year. Uh, because I tell you what, you know, I mean he's having a great year and, and, and leading to a team that people didn't expect a lot out of into having a great year. Well, I don't know if it's a front runner, I don't get a vote. So um, yeah. you 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 can say I I think you have a vote, so if you want to say that, that's awesome. Um <laughs> uh, I don't get one, so uh, uh, I can't say that he doesn't have one. So he don't really. Uh, it's neither of us have any say on that. So, uh, but but I think this. You know, I mean, we've been around this before. I think, and you know what? He's a mature kid that understands it. You know. Uh, what he's got to do is prepare for Vanderbilt, and get ready to have a great game next week, and uh, you know anything beyond that is is kind of a colossal waste of time right now. You know, right? I mean, if we'll see if you, if you want to be involved in those those awards, I think that the the more success teams have sometimes, uh, the more individual awards come, and uh, you know, and so I think. Uh, you know, if we keep being successful as a team and keep making plays, he's going to have the opportunity to get individual awards, just like a Kyle Pitts or an, uh, an Evan McPherson. You know, a lot of times with the team's success, and guys do really well, uh, individual awards come along with those.
2: Yeah, Coach, that first flea flicker where Kyle sort of scooped up the bad lateral and kept his composure and completed the 43-yard pass, can you sort of speak to his composure and his
1: unflappability? Well, I didn't see that. I was watching the read downfield, so I didn't know you had to scoop it up. But that's a good job then by him. Uh, (laughs) You know, I I think it is. But I also think in those situations, it shows kind of maybe his maturity, uh, his understanding of the offense, his understanding of timing of what's going on. uh, And knowing you have a flea flicker, I got a little bit of time. I know what routes guys are running. I know what time they're going to develop. So, you know, all of a sudden it it comes back and I got to scoop it up. It slowed the timing down, but it's a slower timing play, so I don't have to panic at that situation uh so he um i, I thought he did an excellent job managing those that situation if he if he did uh both you know and um you know i think we were able to run we ran two flea flickers and he did a good job on both of them
5: and then trey grimes tonight two touchdowns uh i think he was one of the leading receivers um especially on the night without kyle pitts what can you just kind of say about what he brought well, it
1: was, it was great. I think, you know, coming into the game, you know, I mean, they, they, how, how they did it, you knew you were down Kyle Pitts, but we were going to still run our offense. Uh, you know, how they were playing us. Uh, to be honest with you, coming into the week, we thought, hey, you know, how, how they're going to – we thought they could come out and play us in that, that kind of softer zone that we could get to our outside receivers, you know, would be a little bit bigger factor than in some other games. And, uh, you know, and they were. You know, you look at, at Grimes with two touchdowns, uh, Copeland with a touchdown, Shorter with a touchdown, you know. So you're kind of uh, – you know, KT didn't get one tonight, but they were kind of playing that zone and keeping everybody inside to take him away, and our outside guys went
5: and made plays. All right, Shade. So I got to ask you the question that's probably on uh, every Gator's mind right now: Kyle Trask ahead of Cousin Shane's Heisman ballot?
6: Yeah, I have, that just sealed it for me. Uh, just like I said, it was it, it was just the whole package. He, he's not, he's not a one hit wonder. He's not you, some of, you watch some of these players and, and they have good games, really good games, and, and then they have those. It's just he's never took the foot off the gas pedal. Kyle Trask is legit. So, and after this one, I've got him number one.
5: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm right there with you. I think it's his to lose. Now he's obviously got to keep playing strong to, to get it because Mm -hmm. there's some stiff competition this year. It's not going to be a giveaway, but uh, you know, I haven't seen the number. I saw the numbers all last night. They kept flashing them all over, but he's got more touchdown passes after six games than any quarterback in SEC history. And, of course, he's just so, playing an SEC schedule, so it's yeah. just that much more impressive. So he's got to be the Heisman frontrunner right now, and I I think I'd probably put Mac Jones number two. Yeah. So he's Sounds right forward. there. Maybe, and I, I think they, they even announced when they're going to give this thing away. I think it was in early January, if I'm not mistaken. But, hell, maybe if these two show up in Atlanta, maybe it's a, a duel not only for the SEC championship, but a duel for the Heisman Trophy.
6: Absolutely, man, and and I, I like it how it's you know some of these teams, they've got one good receiver, and that's one thing everybody's going to say they could have said was, well, yeah, you got Pitts. Of course, you're going to be an awesome quarterback. Well, then when he's not in there, he throws to he throws a touchdown to five different
5: receivers. So I, that just shows you just how di- diverse he is. All right, Shane. So let's kick it over to the other side. Let's go to uh, Barry Odom's comments. Who. Remember Sam Pippen, not, he was not uh, available to travel for this one. He was watching at home with mm-hmm. Lucy, the bulldog <laughs> in his guest house there. So Barry Odom filled in as interim coach. He talked about uh, the matchup here in the loss to Florida. you think he turned it off like early? Cause I did.
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
0: I know you tried a lot of different things against that, that offense. Uh what, Do you just credit them for having answers or did you guys help them at all?
3: Yeah, I think, number one, they're really good. Uh, You know, I I don't want to take anything from them, but, man, we look at this third downs. We had a couple there early that, you know, the ball was tipped. They came up with a cat. We just couldn't get off the field on third down. And then, you know, we were dropping in the zone and and not bringing pressure and uh, they're good up front and we weren't able to hold up long enough in our zone coverage concepts. And then when we tried to go man, I mean, we got beat. And, you know, there were times that, you know, mixing and try to keeping it in off balance. And we couldn't ever really get in front, you know, and couldn't couldn't find a way to get in front and get them in third and long. And then when we did on a couple of third downs, they got off the field. So, uh, you know, credit to them. We, we've got, you know, an opportunity to continue to build what we're trying to do defensively, and we're going to get back
5: to work as soon as we get home. Yeah, Barry, now having game planned against them and seen them in person, what, what were your impressions of Kyle Trask?
3: And he's, he's so impressive and I, you know, prayed against him a couple of times now and uh, I'm, I'm super impressed with, you know, his, his patience, his ability to, to not only look, you know, off a receiver, but stay right where he's at, stay on target. And, um, you know, he's got a terrific arm. I've never, I've never questioned that. Um, But just, you can see how comfortable he is in the system, you know, the playmakers around him. uh, He's a heck of a quarterback and, and uh, you know, he's, I, I would 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 suggest he's going to um, win a lot of games here moving forward. You, you touched on Felipe, but like I say, given all the attention and pressure, how how impressed you with how he played? And, and what about those deep passes to Woods on the touchdowns? What'd you think of those? Yeah, I think you look and you know I don't know enough about critiquing quarterback play, you know, but but he has gotten so much better the deep ball. It's something that he's worked so hard on. And we got receivers with speed, and he's been able to place it there. But but I want to take take the football side of it away. You know the plays he made out on the field. Take that away, and just think about him stepping into this environment like you're like you're talking about, Bob. Now for you know a 21 um, know, year old kid, 22, um, and and the history that he had here, and then you know when he ended up at, at Arkansas, really not knowing that we were going to play. Florida during that time. So didn't have to really worry about, but when the schedule comes out, now you're faced with, with everybody that you grew up with, so to speak in the locker room, you know, that takes some, some tremendous mental toughness and uh, so proud of the way he handled it. So well, and proud of the way he competed. And I'm so, you know, I'm so happy. He's our quarterback.
1: Yeah, coach. I was wondering uh, fourth and one there, I believe second quarter you elected to go for it. Yeah. It looked like Frank's had Burks, uh, deep but he decided to go underneath and their linebacker knocked it down the decision to go for it there and then the execution of the play if you could comment on that
3: yeah I think anytime you, you step into this this game and uh, you know I wanted the team to know that we're here to win it and we're going to be aggressive and I trusted the play I trusted the call if we had to do it again I'd do it again at that situation in the games so I wanted to show our team uh you know we're we're coming down here to try to win the game and it was you know we felt really good about the play call it was there like you said we had a vertical opportunity and then we had you know the throw that we made it's got a fingertip on the ball so uh i i will never uh you know go into a game and i'm gonna i'm gonna do everything we can to go win it and at, at that point i thought that was a good momentum play for us to try to go get Larry, hey, i know you you did some of your own coordinating at mizzou and you were the head coach what was it like tonight uh, you know, doing wearing both hats, and did yeah. you feel like it took away from your uh, play calling at all? You Sam uh, did such a great job this week. On on, even though he was away, he was he was present with with the technology that we have in Zoom and and all the different things. And he was such a great leader, and he he laid out and really kept everything off my plate this week. And this did, you know, he did the the things that he normally does throughout the week. He just wasn't in the office, and uh, so. You know, a, a, a lot of praise and credit to Sam Pittman on the way that he structured it because of the staff, you know, we didn't, we didn't miss a beat in the offense or in the office of, of what we were trying to get done from a checklist, you know, from from start to finish on the week, you know, I, I'd be lying to them, say we, you know, I would, uh, you know, I think we all missed his presence and uh, kids rally around him, we we'll gonna play hard for him. They understand he's our leader and uh, but he did such a great job even navigating through this this week. On, on still being present and making sure that we knew exactly what what uh, we needed to get done, uh, you know, on defensive staff, you know, you know, I thought that you know pretty pretty status quo for us this week as we went into it.
5: All right, Shane. So I also made this, you know, I was kind of half joking but half being serious. I think Sam Pittman, surely he had all the votes already for SEC Coach of the Year, but I think with this result, I mean, he locked it up because. Like like we said, it's not that Arkansas played poorly, but just weren't. A, you know, this was the uh, most lopsided result of the season, and and it just happened to be the one where Sam Pittman is not there. Now maybe it's also because they're probably playing the best team they've faced so far this year. Maybe Texas A and M. There's I know there's an argument there. I'm not trying to start an argument there, but you know, outside of those two, they've been right in it with every other team they've played. So you know, this is a tough one. And I don't want to say a humbling experience for Arkansas, but you got to be real worried that this thing doesn't snowball now that uh, you're in the second half. We got LSU coming up, we got Missouri, we got Alabama. I mean, there's no layups. We already know that. There's no layups in the SEC, but Arkansas's got to stay together, stay positive after a tough loss like this. How do you think they'll re- respond?
6: Oh, I think – I no question. I think they respond – if they've shown us anything, Mike, is they're always ready to play anywhere. So I think these next two games are very, very winnable. Um, obviously, that Alabama is going to be a tough matchup. But if you can get two out of the next three, then, yeah, I think Arkansas is going to be
5: extremely happy with that. All right, next uh, game here, Shane. Ole Miss, South Carolina, 59-42. to <laughs> The Rebels take it. This was just a damn fireworks show here. Defense,
2: <laughs> De- defense.
5: Lane Kiffin launching his clipboard into uh-huh. the air. They threw it into the stands. We had over uh, 1,200 and I believe 50 yards of offense. <laughs> I mean, this this was a fun fun game. Matt Corral, 513 yards, four touchdowns. Hell, Kevin Harris for South Carolina, 243 yards five touchdowns Elijah Moore 13 catches 225 yards shy Smith 10 catches 117 but and you know while it was fun as hell it's kind of like I mean you're joking there but god this is some <laughs> terrible defense I mean both these guys the coordinators I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to fire everybody we, we already know South Carolina fans want Will Muschamp out but it was kind of embarrassing defense at the same time so I don't know what's your main takeaway from this one just the outstanding offense, terrible defense, or, or which one are you leaning?
6: Uh, terrible defense, man, because <laughs> I, I, if you got – going into this game, I knew South Carolina had an opportunity to win it if they would just run the ball, keep it away from Ole Miss's offense, and, and play tough, fundamental defense. And they did half of it. They gave Harris, like you said, 243 yards. If I told you Harris had 243 yards rushing – and what, five damn touchdowns in this game that <laughs> South Carolina would lose? I mean, come on. They're, they're, I, I can understand. Ole Miss is what they are. We know they don't have defense. They're not, they're not going to shy about it, and they're going to they're gonna force you into a shootout, and you need to avoid that if you want to win games, and they didn't do it. And then you look at uh, some of the scores that they did have, like the, the, the 90-yard touchdown to uh, damn Moore. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm looking at Ole Miss. Who's the best player on their team? Oh, Moore? Let's leave him open. Let's just let him, you know, it's just like. Wide open. He was wide, wide open by about 35 yards. Like, if you if you studied anything in, in film this week, it should be cover Moore at all times, and they didn't. So, yeah, I think I think if you don't fire Muschamp, somebody needs to, and it's probably on that defensive side
5: of the ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's credit the Ole Miss staff because they got creative with uh, Elijah Moore. Hell, they lined him up at running back. He had six carries for 45 yards. And uh, we'll get to Kiffin's comments in a minute, but he kind of breaks that down. But, uh, you know, while the, the defense here for Ole Miss is certainly a work in progress, to say it lightly here, um, I, I still think if I'm a Rebel fan, man, I'm so fired up. I know we've got some elite playmakers on the offensive side of the ball we got a quarterback that's playing the mm-hmm. best football of his career but i'm kind of expecting this more you know the entire lane kiffin era the more i see just high flying offenses yeah. just we just need a little we just need a better defense here and it doesn't even have to be a game breaking defense but hey you know, if we limit people to 20 25 points a game <laughs> I'm feeling we're going to win damn near every game. So yep. uh, the future is, seems very bright for in Ole Miss, don't you think?
6: Oh, man, without a doubt. And, you know, it's funny, you mentioned that clipboard. Do you know it's got its own Twitter handle now?
5: <laughs> <laughs> I saw a tweet come across. She says, damn, I'm high. Yeah. <laughs> And Ole Miss, believe it or not, this is this is true. They're selling that clipboard right now. They're auctioning Are it they? up. Are <laughs> they? And it just launched, and it's like already at $1,000. So oh, I love it. I guess it, they're, they're probably going to use that money to pay Lane Kiffin's fines. That's awesome, man. So let's kick it over to Kiffin, uh, who talked about uh, there was that uh, basically won them the game. I, hell, they probably would have won anyway, but it was uh, 4th and 11, very late in the red zone. They were up 10, could have kicked a field goal. But uh, they decided to go for it, and they left Elijah Moore (laughs) wide open for a touchdown. Yep. On the 91-yard touchdown, and Lane Kiffin launching his clipboard into the air. What was the thought process there? And then uh, on his defense, getting that going. And, of course, Elijah Moore, like I said, uh, why they line him up at uh, running back. Hey, Lane, that last
3: touchdown where you all ran three plays and then
4: went for it on fourth down from the 25. It just looked like you felt like they could
0: not stop you on one play. How confident were you that you guys would pick up what you needed on fourth down? Well, I just felt like, you know, we need to take some time, which we don't do a very good job when we get to four-minute offense because we can't do tempo. And so, you know, it lost us the Auburn game. And so, I just said, all right. You know, three really doesn't help us a lot, you know, with analytics to get to 13. So, just said, hey, no matter what, we're going for it on fourth down. so. We ran it on third, um, take some more time off, or I think they used, forced me to use a timeout, and then um, put confidence in our players on fourth down, and great play by the two kids. I mean, you're looking at amazing football. I, I don't know, 31 of 34, so 59 of 64, you know, that's pretty crazy if my math's right. for 900 and some yards the last two games. 10 touchdowns, no interceptions. So, I'm not going to try to do the math on Elijah, but it's 27 for 400-something. and I mean, going off of that, Lane, can you
3: talk us through that 91-yard touchdown? I guess both Matt's throw and your throw kind of went viral there.
0: I just get excited, you know, when... You know, sometimes players just make a play because someone beats somebody. You know, like Auburn wearing two-man, Seth makes a play to beat us, you know, and it shouldn't work. But, you know, when you audible to a play, you see them in the coverage, they don't check out, and the players execute it, you know, and you beat a scheme in a matchup, you know, because one had been inside in the slot on him a lot, and so one wasn't on Elijah. So, uh, I just get really excited when that happens, I guess. So, did
3: you audible to that, or did Matt do that
0: at the Uh Matt did it.
4: Bollain, you guys have made some strides on defense. Uh, how do you assess today's performance?
0: I mean, I want to be positive we won the game, We made some plays at the end, but, you know, at halftime, you know, it wasn't a real good locker room. You know, just told them, hey, we're playing horrible. These guys had 150 yards of offense last time they played. So, you know, we weren't playing very good at all. I think the quarterback was 8-9 or something and 200 yards rushing, so uh, that was not easy to watch. Um, but luckily we made some plays at the end and had, you know, historic day offensively.
3: How did Elijah
0: playing running back come about? He's just really natural. We just wanted to make sure he got him the ball. Was worried that one would be on him the whole day, and so um, that they'd play man the whole day. So we wanted to confuse them with him in the backfield. That's hard to align when you do that. Um, so pretty cool for the kid to go back there and average seven and a half yards to carry in. He had another, you know, I think twelve-yard run that was called back from a questionable penalty. When it
3: comes to just getting the ball into his hands, is kind of the Hard just figure
0: out where he is. Is there something special you guys do, or is it just find him and get it to him? Well, it's not that easy. <laughs> um, we've kind of we may not be good at a lot of things, but this has been something we've been good at wherever we've been. You know, back to Robert Woods, Marquis Lee, when the Blitnikoff, Mari Cooper, all those guys had over a hundred and I think fourteen catches um in a season. And this kid, you know, would shatter that if he had a full season and some non sec opponents. So you know, we move them all over the place and just find a way to – I've said it before, you know, this isn't Little League. You know, everybody don't get the same amount of touches. So, <clears throat> if you've got a great player, you got LeBron James, Michael Jordan, better give him the ball.
5: All right, Chase. So, Kiffin was pretty fired up after this one. And, you know, it. it's always mm-hmm. – you know, it's kind of obvious, I guess. But it's always a treat to me when these coaches win, to how happy and positive they are. Then we'll get to Muschamp here in a minute. But it's just like a complete 180 on the other coaches' press conference. <laughs> but – you could just hear there from Kiffin and, and this is uh, after his wins is he just gives us some good stuff. You know what? Oh man, this is great. I I just,
6: just, I mean, can you imagine just how low that, that program's been and and to come back and, and have games like this? I, I, you just feel for Ole Miss fans because they've had some dark days and, and now they've got a bright future and Hell, I tell you, man. I've watched a lot of a lot of these offenses this year, but there ain't a team. I, well, there's a few I'll, I'll give, but Ole Miss is just one of those. You just, man, it's like like they're back there just drawing in the sand. It's <laughs> like, hey, right. you you go here, you go here, and then next thing you know, it's like, damn, that's a hell of a play, and they set you <laughs> up, man. It's just it, they've got long play. I mean, this there's a lot of thought and process
5: comes to this, and uh, Kiff is showing you why he's one of the best offensive minds in the game. And he's doing such a good job, Shane. I'm sure these are just jokes. I'm not trying to start any speculation, but surely we've all seen Michigan is is doing terrible and hardball people think he's leaving. I I can't tell you how many people I saw on Twitter saying, Lane Kiffin to Michigan? (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what you want if you're an Ole Miss fan. You want people wanting that coach of yours because, you know, all due respect, we liked Matt Luke. He was a fun guy, but – Hell, they weren't saying that about Matt That's Luke right. last year. You know what? That's
6: right. That's the thing, man. Forty. This is the way it is. It's always been a 40-40-20 thing for me, Mike. 40% people want your coach. 40% want the coach fired. And then 20% you're okay. Okay with so each program <laughs> falls in this category. So yes, I'd rather my coach be wanted than be in that section where I want to fire him. So yeah, Ole Miss is uh, on cloud nine and and everything. I, I I you know Kiffin did bounce after Tennessee after one year. I don't mm-hmm. think he makes that mistake again. I, I think the fact that no. he he did that and he's it's been an uphill battle ever since. I think he he needs to he's got some roots now. They may not be there for past three years or two years even, but I, I think you're fine. I think Kiffin's going to stick around for at least another season, if not more. Yeah. Who knows? He he may stay down there if he gets this thing running. Uh, they got plenty of talent. They, if they become a recruiting hotbed, then he may never leave.
5: I think leaving Tennessee dinged him for about ten years. You know what? Yeah. So yeah, sure. I, I'm right there with you. All right, so you talk about that 40-40-20. Let's jump over to that other 40, shade, <laughs> because, oh, my God, we weren't even kidding. We were literally waiting for Will Champ to get fired. They got That's reporters. Right. I don't know if you've seen this, Shane, but I'm not making this up. They got reporters outside the facility with cameras on his car. They're waiting for him to leave, you know, as, as a fired coach. But, yeah. of course – to my knowledge, he's not been fired yet or anything, and mm-hmm. if it's not happened yet, it's probably not going to happen this week. Ooh, oh. there's more people tweeting, but it's probably coming. So, hey, this could be changing as we're talking here. But let's, you know, let's stick it to this game because, again, I don't know what. I, not to say that's surprising because <laughs> here it is, man. We talked about it. They given up a hundred points the last two games. Now you can add another. A hundred and fifty nine points. And I saw people questioning. You know, no one's no one was really too happy with Colin Hill starting quarterback. And to be honest with you, Shane, I think that just has to do with the fact that he didn't play too well the last couple games and they lost the games. But Colin Hill threw one overthrow, one one bad overthrow and it was intercepted, but he didn't cost you the game. Yeah. I mean, hell, you scored 42 points on the road in the SEC. You should come out of there with the win. The issue remains to be this defense. And certainly there's a lot of guys banged up on South Carolina's defense, but hell, there's there's guys banged up all over the um uh, mm-hmm. Ooh, here we go. Mike Uve. Trusted guy here. Will Muschamp relieved of head coaching duties at South Carolina. Mike Bobo will be the interim. So it's done. Per Mike Uve. Oh, it's there. Damn. Boys, welcome behind the scenes. <laughs> well, yeah, the defense probably just got better, so here we go. And now, next game, you might want to bet that up one up. Now, Missouri, of course, it's a home game. I don't know. Maybe the team will play a little bit more inspired, with, but I don't know. That that's uh, that'll be an interesting one. We'll get to the lines here in just a second, but yeah, here we go. Bruce Feldman also now reporting. South Carolina has parted ways with, with Will Muschamp. So there you go. It is official. I think this is the first firing we've ever had on the show, but yeah, man, breaking news. Da-da-da, da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> so that's obviously the story here, and uh, let me let me kick it over to you this way, Shed. I know, you know, obviously, you're the Tennessee homer. You're not the the South Carolina homer, but if there was a name or two that you'd want to see South Carolina fans land, let me just ask you that. It, anyone come to mind? It could be anybody.
6: Uh, South Carolina. Uh, well, obviously you're hearing, and I'm hearing a lot of talk about, uh, Oh Liberty. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yep. Of course. That name's bouncing around you- Oh, Hugh freeze. Huh? That's the guy, <laughs> I, you know, man, I, I'm just, I just hate Hugh freeze, but I'm sure that'd be, I that know. would be, a, that'd be a great hire for, for the football team. And that's, that's what people care about. But, uh, you know, I guess the one guy that, uh, that I think would be very realistic that they could get is uh, Billy Napier, who's got Louisiana as a top five, top excuse yeah. me, top twenty five team. He's uh, coached at uh, Clemson. He's coached at Alabama. Now I know people are going to be like, "Oh God!" But he's an offensive guy. He's got uh, that's a guy that's that's already built a program. He's got tons of Power Five experience. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think the one thing South Carolina's got to do here, they've got to find their Sam Pittman they got to find yeah. their Ed Orgeron, the guy that fits. And maybe you go that route to where you, you get the cultural fit and then you surround them with elite coordinators on both. Because that seems to me to be the best formula right now if you ain't got a Nick Saban or a Jimbo or, or whoever out there. So if it's not that big name, and who knows? it? I keep hearing Bob Stoops. That's ridiculous. Mark Stoops in the same division. He's not, not going to play against can, his brother. You know what? But let's, let's again,
6: let's be realistic here, Mike. We got a situation where we're firing a coach. So we're, we got buyouts. We got to take care of Right. last year. We couldn't get rid of them because of money. And you think after 2020 and the COVID situation that there's just going to be a ton of money laying around now, I know they've got a, they got boosters and, and maybe, uh, maybe, uh, you know, they can do a little bit more, maybe Tanner can get in there and get a little more fundraising than I'm, I'm giving them credit for, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know, man. I'm expecting a, a cheap buy here, and, and maybe a younger guy, somebody with some offense uh, background, you right. know, something like that.
5: Well, uh, I'll throw one name at you, and that's kind of okay. that's kind of why I'm going this, because Sam Pittman came cheap, and, and Coach O came cheap till he won big, and the one name that uh, a lot of South Carolina fans are getting behind, Shane Beamer, son of Frank Beamer, of course, the, the legendary Virginia Tech coach. He's, yeah. He spent time at South Carolina. He's coached there. He's coached at Georgia, and he's got a, tons of connections. He's working now at, uh, I believe, Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley. So maybe bring yeah. in that Lincoln Riley offense, you know, get some pieces around him. He would be a very popular hire for, a you know, a non-big-name coach. So you know, that's one to keep an eye on, Shane.
6: You know uh, who's in Carolina right now? Who's that? Joe Brady. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of folks would love to have him come over. Yeah.
5: I, th- Hey, he'd be at the top of my list too, but I, I think he's going to get an NFL job. I think he's staying yeah. in the NFL. Hey, Shay, well, before we move on, let's uh, remind the listeners we're brought to you by MyBookie, the online sports book. Head on over to mybookie.ag today. All new customers receive 100% deposit match up to $1,000. That means if you're a new customer to mybookie.ag and you put in the promo code that S E C that's T-H-A-T-S-E-C, they will match your initial deposit up to $1,000. So you could potentially start with $2,000 to gamble on, Shane, immediately. Mm. And we mm. got this college football firing up. We're going to get into some some picks here. But, man, I'm just fired up that college football is finally here. And the only thing that makes football better, in my opinion, is Drinking some beer and betting all these games. So (laughs) head on over to mybookie.ag. Once again, that promo code is thatSEC over at mybookie.ag. Thousands of cross sports, wagers, props, parlays, all that. Winning season begins today only at mybookie with that promo code thatSEC. All right, last game to break down. Shay. that was pretty exciting. It was was great. We'll have tons of South Carolina (laughs) coach comment uh, talks here, I'm sure, in the weeks to come. But uh, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, they played one down to the wire here on Saturday morning. Kentucky wins it 38 35. A very emotional game, as you'd expect, with uh, the tribute to Coach Schleierman there. To Kentucky, if you missed it, came out and they were missing a lineman, and they did that for their coach. Yeah. And credit to Coach Mason for declining the penalty. But uh, that was a nice tribute. And the team came out, man, they played inspired football early. They got it going on the ground, something we've been dying to see Kentucky do. And, hell, even Terry Wilson. I mean, this is the best Terry Wilson I've seen in ages. So maybe he just needed some time off here, Shane. He finished 13 of 15, 110 and two touchdowns. And um, he had 83 rushing and and a big rushing touchdown. And, you know, that really sparked Kentucky. And they needed all those points because, hell, Vanderbilt once again – they keep uh, – they're like a second-half team. Yeah, <laughs> they dig uh, themselves in a hole. They fight hard. And, you know, credit Coach Mason and this young team for not giving up. How many times – you know, there's there can't be anyone out there, Shane, that, that gives Vanderbilt and Coach Mason as much airtime as we do. Mm-hmm. But we still underplay them. So yeah. imagine what everyone else is saying about them. And imagine, you know, they hear that, yet they continue to show up. They continue to fight. They got young players all over the damn roster. Keon Brooks, he got hurt in this one. Status unknown, but that's could be devastating yet another 121-yard 100, day. Yeah. Ken Seals looked great, 225 yards passing, two touchdowns. And then they bring in the other freshman quarterback, he scored a pair of touchdowns in the red zone. So Vanderbilt's got some nice pieces here to build around. Of course it remains to be seen if coach Mason and company will be the ones coaching them up, but uh, you know, I, I just want to give them some credit for for continuing to fight, but today, you know, it belonged to Kentucky, man. They they put it on the ground. They they basically had their way with Vanderbilt's defense. You mm-hmm. want to, if I'm going to praise Vanderbilt's offense, I got to their their defense is just garbage. Oh, and, big, yeah, and and that's what Coach Mason's supposed to be there for. So credit Kentucky for coming out and taking care of business. And yeah, they they lost the second half, but they won the damn game. And that's all that really matters.
6: Yeah, and. A little frustrating, Mike, because this was my first bad bet of the day. And <laughs> Kentucky had, it, it felt like at times, had the ability to just run all over Vanderbilt. And they wanted to get cute at times. And I think that that bit them in the ass. Um, I will say this, man. Uh, Chris Rodriguez, absolute, mm-hmm. absolute beast. I mean, I just... I love these tops backs just these big body backs that run down the hill and when they get going got that open speed he had a fantastic game 150 yards 149 yards rushing impressive but I I do want to give a little credit with Vandy because this is two weeks in a row, two weeks in a row that they have they've kind of clawed themselves back into the game they got a whole bunch of little scrappers over there they're young uh, Vanderbilt I'm telling you, I, I think Coach Mason's the next one out, and whoever inherits this program, they've got some pieces. They got Seals. I think's going to be really good. Um, you know, you're starting to see some of these other receivers around him step up, so he's not having to do it all by himself. The law firm. You know, I hate that he got hurt, but looking still uh, looking the part. So Vanderbilt's got a bright future. It's just putting it all together, and unfortunately. Uh, It's been a tough run so far sitting there at
5: Mm 0-6. Well, let's kick it over to uh, Mark Stoops after this one. And, of course, you know, the topic of uh, conversation was Coach Slayerman and uh, just, you know, playing in his honor. And uh, Terry Wilson and his big performance in his uh, bounce-back game after coming off the injury.
3: And hey Mark, can you just walk us through the the tribute on the opening play? How you all came up with that,
2: and,
5: and just kind of
3: how that developed?
2: Um, yeah, I'm really not sure. Uh, Mitch is in here, and Mark Hill, um, and Dan Breswood. So the guys just came up with it and mentioned it to me early in the week, and and or, or you know throughout this week. And um, I thought it was a great idea, and. Um, and the, the the O-line had been trading off 65, and Landon was wearing it today. So, um, you know, somebody in the staff here came up with the idea. And, of course, we all uh, thought it was a great idea. And, and you know, I, I have a great respect for, for Derek Mason. And, I, and, uh, and uh, you know, I should have said that in my opening statement, um, you know, the respect I have for him and the way he coaches as well. But he immediately said, oh, Coach, I'm, I'm de- I'll decline that, you know. And uh, he didn't have to. Uh, but I also want to compliment him on his team you know he had quite a few opt-outs he's got guys hurt he's down very low uh, would be very easy for them to say they're under the threshold and not play and they continue to coach very well and scrap and play and you have to compliment Derek for that in and his staff because that team plays hard and we knew they would um, but anyway getting back to the Question. I thought it was a good idea by somebody in our staff. I'm not sure who could get credit for that. Um, I certainly was on board with it right away, and it was great to honor him that way.
3: Terry was
5: very efficient today, and, and, and especially hitting those, uh, you know, those touchdowns across to the middle there to, to the tight ends. Well, I one of them was crossing the middle. I think one of them was maybe in
2: the corner. But those guys, just how important was it to get those guys involved and Terry comfortable you know, going back out there after being off a few weeks? I thought it was very important just in general offensively. I felt like we were very efficient today throwing the ball. And I felt like we could have been even more efficient. Again, I, I put that on, on, on the defense. You know, I feel like, you know, if we didn't let them possess the ball the entire second half, you know, we could have got a lot more opportunities and, and, uh, and you know, kept on throwing it around a little bit. And we're very efficient in keeping people off balance and we're going to need that moving forward. Mark, it almost looked like, at least to me, watching Terry, that was like the 2018 Terry, making the decisions he did, showing the speed he did. Is that a fair observation? or? I, I agree with you. I felt like this was the Terry that, that, you know, I expect him to play each and every week. Again, I think that has a lot to do with the people around him and the coaching and putting him in a position to be successful. But, yes, I thought he played very well and um, – know he was very efficient and 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 let me say i'm proud of him and the way he responded um because you know that that position is different let's just be honest it is there's so much scrutiny there's so much pressure on that position and you have to play well at that position to be successful and um you know there's times when it it all comes down on him and and, and there's times that it's deserving and there's times that it's not um, but he didn't look for an opportunity to to run and hide um, you know he took that criticism he took the coaching um, and he got better and I really respect the way he responded and the way he came back and played now we expect him to do that every week and um, you know that's the standard which we need him to play at and uh, you know across the board
5: alright Shane so Hey, this is exactly what we said the Wildcats needed to do here. Now they've got, you know, this terrible stretch next to on the road at Alabama, on the road at Florida. But we got the ground game going, over 300 rushing yards, mm-hmm. eight, oh, 8. <laughs> eight eight 8.8 yards a carry, my God. And Terry Wilson, they needed one of these quarterbacks to emerge to have any chance. And I know it's going to be a tough road. We're going to get to the lines in a minute. Kind of all the indication you need of of, of how big of a challenge this is going to be. But this is – we're going in the right direction now. This is what we wanted to see from Kentucky. So, hey, at at least you're going in some momentum going into the toughest two-game stretch of the season. You know what? Absolutely. Um, Let me
6: ask you, because they did have this lead and they did throw Mr. Bo Allen out there. And this offense looked totally different. Do you Mm -hmm. think this is uh, a sign of things to come, or do you think that was just, hey, game flow, game script, that's how it worked out?
5: I think they were really interested in getting Bo Allen some much-needed reps because I think Mark Stoops is probably a little frustrated with the way this offense is trending. Yeah. And it's one thing when you got Lynn Bowden and he's just rewriting the record books. But if anything, this year showed us that there's not going to be another Lynn Bowden. Yeah. And as talented as Terry Wilson is, as talented as Joey Gatewood is, you know, this this offense is not going to work week in and week out, just grounding and pounding and no passing game. So mm-hmm. let's throw in the young guy that's uh, got probably the best arm on the team and... You know, I think they're, what, what he's really re- preparing for is next year, a battle between Joey Gatewood and Bo Allen, and he wants to make sure that they both have game reps, and mm-hmm. he's probably going to go with the one that can push the ball down the field better because Kentucky, hell, if they can run the ball with the receiver back there, yeah. uh, just imagine what they can do with a guy that can push the ball down the field. That Now, the biggest piece of this puzzle may be the receivers. They really, really need to develop some receivers. The receivers still – continue to, you know, not show me much at all, but they've heavily invested in that in recruiting. So maybe that all pays off. But I I just think they gotta get a they've gotta get a guy in there that can push the ball down the field because not even Terry is really showing us that. Yeah,
6: it felt like a little a little recruiting right there, man. Just, you know, get the tape out there, say, hey, this is what our offense is going to be. Just hang in there. Uh because it is tough. It's tough to convince a receiver to come play for the Kentucky Wildcats when you got 110 yards passing on a Terry Wilson, fantastic game to, to say that Terry had an, an, awesome game. yet We only got 110 air yards. That's, that's tough to convince these kids to come there and play because if you don't have that film, you're not going to have that opportunity to go to the next level and that's
5: what these recruits want. Mm-hmm. All right. Final coach to get to real quick, Shane, uh, coach Mason, who talked about uh, all the promising talent Vanderbilt has on offense on uh, you know his players refusing to give up, and he kind of goes into detail here on why they switched the quarterbacks up near the goal line in this game.
2: When we look at your offense, most of your skill guys that are performing
5: right now are young guys: uh, Keon, Ken, Mike Wright, Cam Johnson, Bresnahan,
2: on down the list. Are you are you pretty optimistic with the future of those skill guys on offense?
4: Absolutely. Um, we knew. We knew that we were going to be like somewhat behind when we started the season in terms of you know what it looked like because we just didn't get the overall skill development that we needed, uh, you know, in, in, in terms of what the summer looked like, um, and, and and how things shook out before we started fall, and it's like anything else. Um, I think as we've been able to play games. You know, like since we've been back, like off the bye, every week I think we've gotten better. And it's just, it took that time during the, 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 the bye and that little bit of off time to really start to, you know, have the quarterback and receiver start to understand how we all work together, you know, like where guys need to be and playing week to week. And that's what me and Coach Stoops were talking about before the game. You know, like he was worried about coming off a bye because what you're trying to create is like some synergy, some energy, okay, and the idea of just continuity. And so I think, you know, as we've been able to play, and that's why it's important to play every week, you know, we're going to continue to see these guys get better. And what we got to do, you know, all the way around is is, is make sure that we can take it from week to week and make the necessary changes to put ourselves in position to get a win.
5: Derek, the way this team finished, to, to drive down the field there at the end, that gives you optimism as well that, I mean, let's face it, when you're gone winless in a season, it can be easy for guys to start Tuning out a coaching staff—that doesn't seem to
4: be the case for you. No, man. That, that's that's not the case. That's not going to be the case. You know, we 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 decided a long time ago, man, that we were going to make the journey. We were going to make the journey together. And so with that, I mean, I I tell them when things don't go, uh, you know, like our way, I'll take all the blame. I'm the head coach. That's 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 my job. When when they play well, I'll give them all the credit. And you know, I. Our kids are really, you know, working hard. We're close. And I'll continue to tell them, we got to be able to go through this to get to it. They're, they're not going to back down. Uh, they're going to fight for everything that's out there. Um, and we just want to be a little more consistent and make sure, man, that we're not waiting to the end of ball games, okay, to play the type of ball that we want to play. We want to play that, you know, for 60 minutes, four quarters.
2: Hey Derek, a question about uh, the decision to go with Wright down by the goal line a couple of times. Uh, How did that come about and how much was it kind of uh, prompted by ball security given some of the situations last
3: week?
4: It's about competition. Uh, It's about, you know, making sure that we can utilize every offensive weapon that we have. And, you know, Mike Wright can run the ball, he can throw the ball. Um, I think at the end of the day, like I said, both these guys always root for one another, but I think down there, uh, you know, like when you're trying to, you know, man, punch it in, uh, like it helps at times to be able to have, you know, like a guy, you know, like where they got to play 11 man football. And if you don't play 11 man football, just like you saw that, you know, it can get hard to cover, like Terry Wilson, it can get hard, like down there, man, man, if you don't cover Mike Wright. I mean, that's, that's sort of tit for tat. That's sort of the way the game could be played. And all I know was, was like for us, when you look at our red zone efficiency today, it's it, it was as good as it's been this year. So. You know, if that's what it takes when we get down there, you know, that's what we'll do. We want to score touchdowns. That's what we need.
5: All right, Shane, so, I mean, this is kind of why I was crediting Coach Mason because, hell, they've had a couple 41-7 losses in a row, and then they rebound with two of the best games, particularly two of the strong second halves we've seen from Vanderbilt this season, and we got opt-out. Hell, remember last week we got – opt-outs and transfers in the middle of the damn week. We got COVID issues all year long. I mean, this is just like the playbook for a damn disaster. Yeah. Yet Vanderbilt, it seems like they're getting better each week. <laughs> so, I, I know it's it, it seems, it probably is like incredibly stupid to someone to say, well, how can Vanderbilt be getting well coached? But I think Vanderbilt and Coach Mason is actually doing, at least on the offensive side of the ball, I think they're doing a you know a pretty good job. Oh yeah, man. But
6: I did see a stat come out today, and it was saying it was their worst start since 1998. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not fair. I mean, because it is all SEC teams. And
3: mm-hmm.
6: but uh, I don't care, man. 0 and six, and you've been down there that long. I know they're getting a little bit better, but it's still unacceptable. We we shouldn't we should we should have a couple of games under our belt, but. That's why I, I, I think that seat's warming up, but but it, it I think it helps and I, this is his ultimate spin zone here, Mike. I think it helps the next guy that comes in and says, Hey, because now he's he's taking a, a little peek in the cupboards and he, you know, hey, I can make something with this. So um mm-hmm. yeah. I I Vanderbilt, the years just it's over. But it's good to see some of these, like I said, young kids scrapping doing everything they can they're they're fighting like hell man to get that victory so who knows it could be it could be a tennessee program it could be who else they got on their on their schedule right now for vanderbilt yeah uh, they got
5: florida no <laughs> tennessee yeah georgia <laughs> missouri
6: all right man mizzou tennessee I mean, they've played
5: Florida <laughs> tough before, but <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I don't know. This that, that, seems like a different Florida. A different Florida coming up. So.
6: But that, that's the heart you
5: want. You, at least
6: there's not give up like
5: we saw last year. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, last thing, Shane, before we get off here, a little bit shorter of a pod tier, but uh, really wanted to get you guys out on this one. Get, well, we didn't do guess the opening lines. I was driving back from uh, East Tennessee. But we got all these lines, Shane, so I'm going to throw them at you. wanted to get your thoughts on it. And I'll, I'll give you a little help on this one. There's some massive, massive lines in the SEC this week. So uh, first one up, Shane, Florida at Vanderbilt. What do you guess for that one? Florida at Vanderbilt, Florida mm. minus 24. It opened at Florida minus 31 how about this one LSU at Arkansas battle for the boot
6: Yeah, uh, this one's not fair because I, th- I think I saw this
5: one early minus three Arkansas you nailed it Shane <laughs> you nailed it <laughs> and what's funny is uh it opened last year I, I think it was a 42 point spread in favor of LSU and if hell if that doesn't I keep finding stats to give Sam Pittman coach of the year but Yeah, let's give it to them just based on that one. You know, think about that. Think about where we're at right now. If I would have told you
6: November, you know, what I don't know what day that's going to be, like twenty first or something like that, that Arkansas would be favored to win that game going against
5: LSU, you'd called me nuts, wouldn't you? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. All right, how about this one, Shane? Ole Miss at Texas A and M. Ole Miss at Texas. Man, that's going to be a hell of a game. I'm going to go Texas A&M minus 13. Ooh. You almost nailed it, Shane. Texas A&M minus 12. Mm, Okay. All right, next game on Will Muschamp just released a statement, Shane. You want me to read it real quick? Yes. All right, breaking news here, Shane. It's confirmed. South Carolina, we already already covered it, but they've officially announced it. Will Muschamp out. Statement from Will Muschamp, after thorough assessment of our football program, we have decided to make a change. Oh, shit, wait, this is Tanner's. But anyway, make a change. I appreciate all that Will Muschamp has done from our, for our program and wish him and his family the best moving forward. I believe our program will be well served by Coach Bobo as the interim coach as we search for a new leader for the Gamecock football. So it's not going to be Bobo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, okay, so when did he – who put this out? Because I'm not seeing it uh, on oh, sorry. This is uh, Ray Tanner, the South Carolina eighty. Sorry, I ex- that It's exciting you, <laughs> isn't it, Mike? <laughs> I know, I know. Next one here, Kentucky at Alabama, Shane.
6: Kentucky at Alabama. I'm going to go Alabama minus
5: 21. Alabama minus 30. Damn. Oh no respect. <laughs> For the big nation. How about this? Uh I'm, I'm very interested in what you'll guess on this one. Tennessee at Auburn. Uh Auburn minus
6: forty two. <laughs>
5: minus I know, just kidding. I'm gonna go Auburn minus eleven. Ooh, almost nailed It's Auburn minus ten. Oh, okay. I think you can live with that, right? Yeah, yeah I'm going to go ahead and put some money on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Mississippi State at Georgia.
6: Um, I'm going to go Georgia minus jeez. Uh
5: 22. Ooh, you're almost down to 24. Nice. Then last but not least here, Missouri at South Carolina without much champ. Um, I'm gonna go Mizzou
6: minus four.
5: Boom! You went out strong, Shane. That's exactly what Here it you, is. You think that changes? <laughs> yes. Now that we've got <laughs> this, I think I think it's we'll t- we'll go towards Mizzou. Okay, that would be my thoughts. We should get some money on that.
6: All right. I just can't stop gambling, Mike. <laughs> I think there's a number, you know, when they start sending you things like they send you those little alerts, it says, uh, you realize that you've, <laughs> that you've bet this much money and you've been on our website for the last 35 minutes. Don't you? <laughs> Damn. How do I turn
5: this off? <laughs> well, thankfully you weren't gambling during this pod. So you got a little bit of a break from, uh, the, well, the gambling app there.
6: Gambling buddy.
5: I'm watching the, the, NFL game here on TV. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, let, hey, we appreciate you hopping on. We know you got uh, Cousin Joe in town, so uh, let me, let's me let get you off the line here. But, uh, you know, if you made it this far, don't forget, leave us that five-star written review on the Apple Podcast app. We'll send you a beer koozie free of charge. We got team-specific ones. Send that on over to thatsecpodcast at gmail.com. We'll send you that out free of charge. But uh, hey, buddy, thanks for joining me. I, I had a really great time. Was, this was one of the best Saturdays I've damn, ever had. Yeah, it was. Hanging out, watching football with you and the fam. And um, it was distracting, but it was great and distracting. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hey, I've just made my made my season, and uh, I was just happy to do it.
6: Yeah, I got to see how the sausage was made, man. I was like, trying to talk to you. You're like, I'm trying to write a damn article, Shane. Shut the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Well, hey, Flying Hawaiian, you got anything you guys say before we get off here?
0: Yes, sir! <laughs> oh, All right. Man. Well, thanks for
5: joining me. Thanks, everybody, for tuning up. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks for joining me. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next
6: one. All right. See you guys. Go ball.